Welcome to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. So I'm going to give a quiz on some of the things I've done. Now, this is not, not necessarily a quiz, A, B, C, or D. This is a true-false statement. And in fact, all the answers are true. So I expect everyone here to get 100% on this little quiz because all the answers are true. And what we're going to do is what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to make a statement and then I'm going to count three, two, one. And you're all going to say whether that is a true statement or not. And since it is a true statement, you're all going to say true. So let's practice that real quick. Three, two, one, true, right? Okay. Jesus Christ came. He died for me. He said he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man comes unto the Father except through him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. So, three, two, one, true. Okay. Now, since you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do you not know that you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you? You are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. That Holy Spirit, the Comforter, that when Jesus Christ left, He sent that Comforter to us, and that Comforter came in the form of the Holy Spirit. He now indwells you richly, and you have His power on you, just the same as the apostles and all those that remained in Jerusalem until Acts 1-8, when that power came upon them. So three, two, one, true. Okay. You got Jesus, you got the Spirit of God. I've also spoke to you about what? that you do have the opportunity to actually hear what God is saying to you, right? It was a say in Joel, it says dreams and visions, right? God's going to speak to you that way. God speaks to us to, to us through prophets, teachers, evangelists. He speaks to other people in godly counsel when we talk to each other in this, when we come here in this congregation speak. God speaks to us, too, when we have our three minutes before we let the kids go. Ministry is happening at that point in time in this building, which is why most of the time it takes a lot to get everybody to quit talking. You can hear what God is saying to you, and you can hear it from other people and from His Word. Three, two, one. True! Since all of that is true, I'm going to go on to another thing today, and we're going to go on beyond all that because you have Jesus Christ as your Savior. You have Jesus Christ, and you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, which means you have the power of the righteous God indwelling you right now. And because you have that and you can hear Him, you can move forward and do what He expects you to do. You have been uniquely qualified, uniquely gifted, to be able to perform a specific function while you are here on this earth. And so we're going to speak about that, and we're going to use an example of somebody who didn't have Jesus Christ because he was born a long time before him, but guess what? He had the Spirit of God, and he heard what God was saying to do, and he did what he was supposed to do. So let's go to Joshua chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 1. 
And I also want you to look back just a little bit in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9, because we're going to start with that. And I want to kind of make sure that you understand that, in fact, even in the Old Testament, guess what? People could be, sp- could be filled with the Spirit. We've already seen that. Remember when they built the tabernacle? They said, the man that helped build that tabernacle, I forgot his name, I should have written it down. The man that built that tabernacle was specifically, spiritually empowered by God to build that tabernacle. And now let's look and see what what it says about Joshua here. Joshua chapter 34, verse 9. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was filled, what? With the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. And the sons of Israel listened to him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. So right now we know. Now he did not have Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Guess why? Jesus hadn't been born yet. But guess what? He is filled with the Spirit. He got saved. I believe Joshua got saved the same way you did. Faith in the living God. His faith in the living God. And God imbued him with his Spirit so that he would be able to have the power to be able to do that which God is going to tell him to do. So he's got the Spirit. Now let's look over here. And let's get started on this, which is pretty cool. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. I'm going to start reading that. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant. That's pretty cool. Joshua got to hear the audible voice of the Lord God speaking to him. Filled with the Spirit, he's being told by God what he should do. So now I'm going to read all these verses, and then we're going to go back through these things. I'm going to give you about three or four different points I want to bring up there. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, And as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. And that's what we're going to talk about today is to want you to be strong and courageous. So what's the first thing that we need to do? You need to live in the present. It's kind of interesting here. The first thing that God talks to, to, to Joshua about, it says, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of, God, of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua. Live in the present. It's interesting. God's not great on eulogies, is he? The only thing he does, he tells Joshua, guess what? Moses is dead. Now, here's what you're going to do. God doesn't spend a whole lot of time about all the different things that Moses did. We have all of that written in here. The first five books of our Bible are written by Moses. You have all that. But God doesn't sit there and dwell on all that past stuff. He tells Joshua, live in the present. And this is what you are to do. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. It's kind of interesting. That's a a cool thing for us to know, too. 
Remember we had, I remember, what's the, what's the guy's name that came here and spoke? And he says, right now, where you are, you are right where you're supposed to be. Whatever happens in your life, because God is guiding and directing you and dwelling with you, whether or not you pass through the, through the valley, the shadow of death, you are right where you're supposed to be. Whether you're living in prosperity and having good times and having a great week or whatever, you're right where you're supposed to be. Whether or not you're having problems because Satan decides he wants to hassle you because you're living for the living God and you're having an impact, you're right where you're supposed to be. Remember, he spoke all about all that stuff. You're right where you're supposed to be. Joshua, or, or I'm going to get back to John. Anything that has happened in your past life that thinks that you think keeps you from being able to do what God is telling you to do is a lie. Live in the present. I don't care what happened in the past. God doesn't care what happens in the past. He says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It doesn't matter that you sinned or you failed in some fashion, that you didn't do something or that you did do something. Live in the present. Live in the moment, knowing what God wants you to do. Ask for forgiveness. Repent from that. Turn. Go the direction you're supposed to go. And continue to live out what God wants you to do. Live in the present. Forgetting what lies behind you. Press on, looking forward to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ in our future. That's what God wants us to do. That's what he's telling Joshua here. Basically, is fact, forget what all has happened in the past. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters right now is the present. So I want you to listen. And I want you to realize that you, with Jesus Christ in you, with the Holy Spirit, God has spoken to you, live in the present. Do what He's asking you to do. You can already hear it. You already know it. So I want you to live in the present. A couple of examples on that. What happened to Peter on the night that Christ was betrayed? Christ is brought in before the Sanhedrin. They're pulling out his beard. They're, 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 they're hurting him so badly, you can't even recognize him as a man. Peter is outside, and he's speaking out there. And guess what happens? Before the cock crows, Jesus had already told him this, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. When Peter got the Spirit of God, when he dwelled him, guess what? He didn't live in that past in his denial of Jesus Christ. He went out and he spoke with boldness on the day of Pentecost, such that thousands of people came to Christ in Jerusalem. Right? Forget the past. Do you think Peter failed Jesus when he denied him three times? Yes. Wouldn't that bother or burden your soul? Yes. Forget it. That's not the important thing. The important thing was that Peter spoke with boldness on the day of Pentecost because he was, he was living in the present and living for God at that time. What about Paul? What did Paul, when he was Saul, what did he used to do? He murdered Christians, just like people are doing in Nigeria right now. He murdered. He, 
He went after them. He didn't just try to find the people in his local town or in Jerusalem, whatever. He sought them out. Saul was standing there. If you read the scriptures, Saul was standing there when Stephen was stoned to death. What happened to Paul later? Did he remember all those things he had done when he went after? He probably did remember those. But what did he do? God gave him a new mission on the road, right? Struck him blind, had his blindness removed, and he became a man of God that helped to spread the gospel far and wide. He lived for God. He lived for what God had told him to do. Forget what lies behind. Continue to move forward. So that's what God is talking to Joshua right here at the very beginning. Moses is dead. Now, here's your job. And so he tells him what he needs him to do. And that's the thing. It's very interesting. If God is speaking to you, are you listening? We know that God is speaking to you. I mean, that's, that's a fact. We see this all through Scripture, all the way through. God is always continually talking to us, continually trying to you know, move us forward, that type of thing. But are we listening? Are we actually heeding what he is saying? I mean, because Joshua could have, had all, you know, could have heard all these different things, and, and, and he could have just ignored them and not done what he's supposed to do. And then guess what? Would the nation of Israel cross Jordan? Whatever, I don't know. But God actually spoke to him. It's really interesting that I'm, I'm getting off the subject here. I kind of lost my place where I want to go a couple of things. There we go. He is given a specific word of God, and he's going to move forward in that word, regardless of what's going on around him. It's really fortunate. Think about it. Joshua got to hear the audible voice of the Lord. And then later on, it says in Joshua chapter 2, what else happens? The captain of the Lord of hosts comes and speaks to him as well, directly in front of him. And he tells him, take your shoes off, for the ground you're standing now is holy ground. That's pretty cool. That is an absolute word from the Lord that is confirmed by the captain, Lord of hosts, coming and speaking to him and telling him what he needs to do. It's kind of interesting. And so he goes out and does it. And he does it in spite of all the fact that he's he's going to see it through, even though he knows that across that river is a whole bunch of very fortified towns, people that are bigger than them, People that are stronger than them. And he knows that because why? Joshua was one of those guys that went across there as as the 12 spies. He was one of the two that actually came back and gave a good report and said, by the way, it's bad, but we need to take it over. We're going to go in there now. He knew all of that, and he still was going to go do exactly what God asked him to do, which is take that over there. Let's look at Stephen. I've already talked about him briefly. Stephen had a specific gifting from God, didn't he? He was filled with the spirit of wisdom. And what was Stephen chosen to do? Specifically, he was chosen as part of it to be a deacon, to be able to take care of the widows and orphans of the Greeks that were not being taken care of by what was going on around the time, right? 
And so he became a deacon to help take care of them. But Stephen also had, his hand was of God was on him so that Stephen would be able to proclaim the word of God. And he proclaimed that in the synagogue. He proclaimed that all the Jews. And he proclaimed it in such a fashion that he was having a good effect. And what did they do with Stephen? They took him outside of the town and stoned him to death. Stephen knew that it could possibly cost him his life, and yet he knew he had to go forward with what God had told him to do, and that was to what? Speak the truth of Jesus Christ and love to a people that necessarily did not want to hear it. He moved forward with it, even though all of that could come on, could come on him. Stephen had the courage and the strength to see it through. The other thing is, look at the examples also in Hebrews chapter 11. Have you all read through that chapter? They call it the Hall of Faith, the Hall of Fame of Faith. Have you read some of those things in Hebrews 11 and what happened to those people? How would you like to be sawn in two? How would you like to be stoned to death? How would you like to have your life live such a fashion that people would find all manners of cruel means of, of killing you just because you spoke the name of Jesus, and they didn't want to hear it. It also talks about, in, in there in the Hall of Fame, Abraham. What did he do? He offered up his own son, Isaac, up on an altar, put him up on the wood, had the knife in his hand, getting ready to slay him, and God provided the ram. They were all doing what? They were all listening to the word of the Lord, and they were living for God. They were not, they were counting the cost, but they were living to them, living for God, even though it could cost them everything. Don't you think that Abraham considered the cost? He could, he could lose his son by sacrificing him here on the, there on that mountain. They had the strength and the courage to do that. They had the ability to be able to stand and do what they were supposed to do to be strong and courageous. Now, that's interesting. So let's, I kind of got myself all mixed up on some of these different things. Sorry about that. It's, that's okay. Huh? Too much caffeine. You got to be careful with me when I get some caffeine in me. When you stand, when you take a stand for Jesus Christ, when you begin to fulfill that specific purpose for which God has gifted you and directed you to do, when you do those things, you are going to be attacked. Because you are now, like I told Rocky, you are now going to be doing the very thing that God wants you to do on this earth. You're going to be fulfilling what he needs to have you fulfill because you are the only unique person that can do it. And when you start doing that, you start having an effect. Guess what? The enemy is going to attack you. And when the enemy attacks you, it talks about here in verse um, Verse 5, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I have been with Moses. 
I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. When you start to give your life over to Jesus Christ to the point where all other things do not matter, where you will live your life in such a fashion that even if you are attacked, you will continue to live for him, God is going to stand alongside you. God will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He will be with you until the very end, all the way until you have completely fulfilled the mission that you've been given on this earth. The only thing that you have to do to be able to fulfill that, and that is the hard thing, is to be strong and courageous. You have to stand up and you have to be strong and courageous. Let's look at Joshua real quick. And then I'll end with all that. Why was God telling him to be strong and courageous? What wasn't Joshua already strong and courageous? From the very beginning, when Amalek came and attacked them, when they were moving through in Exodus, guess what happened? Moses told Joshua, you go down there and fight them. I'm going to go up on the hill here with Aaron and Hur. And as long as he had his hands up, guess what happened? Joshua and the army were down there fighting, and they were beating, and they defeated Amalek on that day. That's pretty strong. That's pretty courageous when you're able to fight and defend your country and defeat that nation, right? Wasn't he courageous when he went in and spied out the land? I mean, that's 12 people going into a nation of 300,000 square miles where they went from one end all the way in the south, all the way to the north, came all the way back, saw the, saw the people, they saw how big they were, they saw the fortified cities, saw all of those things. Joshua and Caleb came back, and they gave a good report and said, let's go get it now. That's strong. That is courageous. Before the nation of Israel crossed over across the river Jordan, what did they have to do? They, they fought a couple of kings, one called Sihon, one called Og. They were able to defeat them in total before they crossed. In fact, that's where we have three tribes that were across the other side of the Jordan. One of those kings named Og had a bed made of iron. It was 13 and a half feet long and six feet wide because he was one of the Rephaim. He was a giant. Joshua was one of those guys that helped defeat those nations. Isn't that strong? Isn't that courageous? Going against some people, some giants that seem to be undefeatable. That's strong and courageous. So he'd been told over and over again. I mean, he's told, he has demonstrated over and over again that he is strong and courageous. And why is God now telling him to be strong and courageous? In fact, Moses before here is telling him four times. God tells him three times. Be strong and courageous because what you're about to do will be difficult. It will not be easy. It is something that you're going to have to continue to do. You're going to have to remain vigilant. You're going to have to remain strong. You're going to have to continue to get the courage from Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God and dwelling you so you can continue to move forward in the path that you're supposed to have. Because if you don't maintain that strength, you don't maintain that courage, with Jesus Christ, you will stop. You will not be able to move forward. And that's not just with Joshua. That's also with us here. Why do you think it says in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 
Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. It's not just act like men. Women. It's, it's, it's a complete and total word. It means all of us. And that's what he says. It is, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men and women. And be strong. Why? Because you are going to be attacked. And unless you maintain your focus on Jesus Christ, guess what? You can get knocked off to the side. Second Timothy. I'll read two of these, and then we're going to close with that. Chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Why has He given that to us? So that we can move forward and continue to fulfill that which we've been given to do. You can't, be, you can't live this life in Jesus Christ and be timid. You cannot live this life in Jesus Christ and be afraid. Because once you do, you're no longer living that life. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And this, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. And the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers fight. Soldiers are there specifically to fight. And he's telling Timothy to be strong in the grace in Jesus Christ because guess what? Your life has been bought with a price. Timothy and you all have something that you are supposed to do. And because you have that purpose, because you have that unique gift, because you have Jesus Christ dwelling in you, you have now got an enemy that seeks to come out and destroy you. You need to maintain your faith in Jesus Christ to maintain the strength and the courage that allows you to continue to put your foot forward day after day, after deed, even though you have all of this coming against you. It will not relent. You need to maintain. You need to stay in the Spirit of God. You need to continue to seek Him. You need to continue to search for Him. You need to continue to listen to Him. You need to have that power of Jesus in you so that you can overcome. It will not be easy but it can be done. And so I've said all these things. The whole point is I'm trying to encourage you. I'm trying to get you to understand that not everything is going to be easy. Not everything is going to go smooth as silk. Some things are going to be hard. Some things are going to be, it's going to be hard to get through them. And yet, remaining in Jesus Christ and continuing moving forward in the strength and the courage that He can give you, you can fulfill what He wants you to do. You can do it. It can be done. We've seen the examples of Peter and Paul and Stephen. And we have examples of other people here living in our congregation now. It can be done. You can overcome. And so at the very end of your life, 
God is going to look at you and say, my good and faithful servant, don't squander it. Live the life you're supposed to live. Stand up for Jesus. Live for him so that you can do what you're supposed to do. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much, Lord Jesus, that <laughs> even though I don't always get everything out there perfectly, Lord God, that, Lord God, your spirit comes and speaks to the hearts and the minds of all the people here, helping them to understand that particular point, that thing that they are supposed to know to get from this so they can live their life for you. That is the whole point, Lord God. We're not here to gather knowledge. We're not here to, whatever that was. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yes, Lord. Right. Wow. We're not here to gather knowledge. That's pretty cool. We're not here just to gather knowledge, Lord God. We are here to learn how to live for you. And the specific things that you need to impart to them, Lord God, you have done so. You are speaking to their hearts and their minds, Lord God, and we thank you so much that you want us to live for you, that you draw us unto you, and that, Lord God, you help us, mold us, you make us and drive us, Lord God, into your arms so we can be who we are supposed to be. Thank you, Jesus. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.